0: Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Welcome to The Art of Being You. I am so thankful that you are joining us today today. And, you know, I'm excited to talk about this topic because, let me just be honest, this is the number one thing I have been working on the bulk of my life. This is, I guess you could call my biggest challenge, my um, most common pain point. I don't know what phrase you want to use, but it's my largest problem. And I know I'm not the only one that experiences this. So uh, I want to talk about it. Let's expose it. Let's get into it. How about that, right? So my biggest challenge, the biggest challenge for me has been accepting that there is no arrival or final destination on this side of heaven. Now, I know you might be like, that can't be that big of a deal. But actually, it has been a consistent pain point for me. This idea that everything I'm working towards is like water, right? I'm trying to capture it and and have something definitive to show for it and there's just not let's get really specific about this like in the realm of parenting right with with my kids my kids are constantly growing so it's very hard to quantify how i'm doing as a mother because i could say well the first five years of their life i've been like this and that was good but that we didn't stay there it's ever evolving. Now I have a 13-year-old, a 10-year-old, a 9-year-old, and a 4-year-old, and who I am as a mother right now is not at all who I thought I would be. It's not necessarily bad. It's just constantly changing as they change. Even in a career, right? With a job or a career, we have the same experience. We kind of sit there and we think, I want to be able to screenshot, to capture, to post on Instagram and have it be that always kind of thing. And it's not like that. Different seasons of our job, can bring about different changes they can bring about different things out of ourselves if you've read my book i wrote a book a couple of years ago called you'll get out of it when you learn to love it and it's the story of how god awoke in my life revolutionized my life brought tremendous healing into my life and not only the story but what i actually did to bring about those changes I wrote it for people who ask me regularly, how did you grow through all these things that have happened to you? And then I can say, look, here's a book that explains how you can read it and do the actual exercises that are in there. It's available on Amazon. But in that book, I I start off by telling a story of a conversation that I had with one of my absolute heroes. And in that conversation, I'll keep it brief just in case you've heard this story before In that conversation, I was really struggling. I was pretty much burnt out spiritually in my life at that point. I was frustrated with my marriage. I had three little kids under the age of four. I was just exhausted, run down and wondering, what is this life I had been looking forward to so much? This is nothing like I thought it would be. And as I began to just share my heart with this person and say, look, how do I get out of this? That's what I asked him. How do I get out of this? And he chuckled and he said, you'll get out of it when you learn to love it. And I just was quiet for a second. And then I just said, so I guess I'm never getting out of it then. Because how do you learn to love something that is so frustrating all the time? And what happened was he began to explain to me how the Western mindset, the Western church, in other words, America, That we have this belief that we are going to arrive someday at this mature, sinless place. And when we do that, we will have no real troubles. I mean, we might have some troubles, but nothing that really feels frustrating or challenging. And he basically said, if that's what you think the goal of life is going to be, you're going to burn out time and time again. In other words, there is no final destination this side of heaven. We cannot live our life in a way where we are trying to arrive and therefore have no more issues. What this man didn't know was I was about 28 at that time. And my goal, my goal since I was 24 was to arrive at 30 years old with all my biggest issues done. I mean, that was my literal goal. I remember multiple years of my mid to late 20s thinking I've got to deal with this. I've got to get better at this because when I turn 30, I want to move into that phase of adulthood with perfection. I mean, I don't even know if I thought perfection was really attainable, but I knew that I could work my butt off and deal with a lot of my crap. Now I have no regrets about that. Okay. I really don't, but it was a huge lie because my thirties, which I'm nearing the end of now have brought about all kinds of challenges. I could have never foreseen all kinds of frustrations, all kinds of difficulties, all kinds of changes things i would have never believed if you told me at 26 i was going to go through i have a suspicion that my 40s and my 50s and my 60s might have the same story to tell what am i trying to say here well if we get out of this mentality that we're arriving someday then what else is there how are we supposed to think about our life Well, let me tell you what God has been speaking to me and the place that he's been having me think about and meditate about on this particular topic. It's this perpetual growth is the goal. Arriving in some place that we stop and we say, this is good and it doesn't continue. That's not the goal. Perpetual growth is the goal in other words who i was yesterday i don't want to continue to be well okay maybe some of that i do but a lot of it i don't right who i was 10 years ago Ooh, mama lord jesus please don't let me ever become that again we are supposed to be growing perpetually with god let me let me approach this from a different angle I've been processing lately just about what it means to dream with God, and God had some interesting things to say to me about this topic I think might be helpful for you. Now, this is super deep and a little abstract, but... I was realizing I was spending time with the Lord and realizing I had some disappointment about certain dreams in my life that didn't amount or actualize in the way I thought they would. Here's an example. In 2012, God began to speak to me and my husband about moving to Oklahoma City to plant a church. And in that process, all of these dreams were coming up, like things that I wanted to do with my life and also things that I heard the Lord saying he wanted to do through my life. Now, I make that distinction because if you've heard the the behind-the-scenes story of Bethel OKC being planted, then you've heard me say this before. Both my husband and I really felt like God had called us to do this dream for him. And along that process, I knew, Lord, this is not my dream for my life. Like, if you had asked me at any point before, I would have said, no, that doesn't really fit what I feel like I'm supposed to do. But I know it was God that gave me this invitation to adopt his dream as my own. Now, I live a surrendered life. You've probably heard me talk about that on the podcast before. It's no problem for me to say, Lord, what do you want me to do? I have offered my life to him. In other words, let me put it this way. When I gave my life to Jesus, I actually gave it to him. I didn't say, let's co-manage it together. I actually gave him the reins and said, you have permission, lead me how you want. So if God says, I want you to plant this church, and I say, I could think of some other better uses of my time, that's okay. I'm going to adopt his dream as my own. In the process of this planting journey, we're on personally, it's, you know, it's 2021 now. So in 2012, God began to speak this dream. 2013, we actually moved to pursue it. So it's been a little over seven and a half, maybe eight years now. And in that process, the dream I believed God was saying has not been what our experience has been. Doesn't mean that it's been bad. It's been an interesting journey. I've enjoyed pastoring. I've enjoyed what I've learned. You know, I feel like God has grown me tremendously through this. But if I'm trying to quantify, which I told you is my biggest issue, if I'm trying to quantify, then it comes up short. Lord, the dream that you said, the way I thought you were going to do this is just not what has happened over the last eight years. And if you're a pastor or a ministry leader or specifically a church planter, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. And I began to ask the Lord, what am I missing? What am I misunderstanding about dreaming? Help me understand. And God has been speaking to me two different things. Number one, the problem with tunnel vision. Have you ever heard this phrase tunnel vision? It's like we narrow in and hyper focus on one thing to the point where we begin to see everything else as a supportive confirmation to that one thing. So if we're looking in the Bible and we're trying to find, uh, uh, you know, we're trying to believe something specific, like women should submit to their husbands. There's an example. First one that came to my mind. That probably says something about me <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So we think, okay, women should submit to their husbands. So we start reading the Bible with tunnel vision and we find all of this supporting evidence that says, yes, we should. Or we approach the Bible and we say, I don't think I have to submit to my husband. And so we find supporting evidence that supports our theory. That's tunnel vision. When God speaks something, a word, a calling, a dream, we almost always have tunnel vision about that. We have to discipline ourselves to not have tunnel vision about the things that he says. So if God says, plant a church in Oklahoma City, and I think I know what he's saying, then I find supportive evidence around that. I find uh, you know, confirmation in that. Now, if you know our story, there was actually quite a bit of confirmation that you can't fake. We knew it was God calling us to do this. But in the tunnel vision, we make assumptions about what God is saying that may not be what he's actually implying. In my life, I go back through all these different dreams that God has spoken, and time and again, I see this pattern. Tunnel vision. The Lord is going to fulfill his word. And as he fulfills it, it looks different than we thought. And we're sitting there going, huh, I didn't think it meant that. And he's going, well, you never really expanded your mind enough to see the multiple applications that could have been to that word that I spoke to you. So the first part about trying to understand this concept is tunnel vision, right? Being aware that it happens and guarding yourself against it. And the second thing, the second thing is this. I believe the process of dreaming with God is just as holy and just as sacred as what we feel the fulfillment of that dream will be. Just follow me with this for a second. This is what I felt like the Lord was speaking to me recently. God is a creator, right? You and I know this. If you've been a Christian for any length of time, you know this. God is a creator. But he didn't just create the earth and then sit back and not use his creative nature anymore. He created everything and he is still creating things. So if God is still creating, then we have to look and see how is he creating? And I believe he's creating in ways that are we're aware of and ways that we're not aware of. Okay, But one of the ways that we're aware of is he is creating through you and I. You and I are made in his image. So we are made as creative people and when we exercise our creativity, we are connecting with a characteristic of God's nature, we are entering into his likeness, and we are allowing him to create alongside of us. This is really interesting to me personally. What if dreaming with God coming up with thoughts of how to impact the kingdom, listening to the Holy Spirit for callings on our life, etc. What if the dreaming is actually a process of co-creating? What if the dreaming itself is just as holy, just as satisfying, just as enjoyable as what we think the dream is supposed to create? Why? Well, because we are entering into a communion with the nature of God himself we are giving God an opportunity to be himself through our lives to dream is to co-create to dream with God is to say Lord I want to be like you but we all know that not every dream comes into full fulfillment when I was talking about this with the Lord, I was thinking about different projects that I've done, different things I thought I would do with my life, et cetera, and realizing that some of those things had an expiration date on them. I, I used to think that I would be in youth ministry forever. If you asked me, I would say, I'm going to be one of those grandmas that's you know up there playing games with the teenagers and keeping it fresh. like that. I just believed that with everything in my being. And when God began to transition me out of youth ministry, it felt like a piece of myself was dying wait a second, Lord, I dreamed of this. I wanted this. This felt so real. We we were in this together. There was the synergy that you you were moving through me in that way. How could it just be over? And the Lord begins to say the process of dreaming is just as valuable as as the product that the dream creates. Why? Because the journey together is a journey of perpetual growth. You see where I'm going with this? My biggest challenge, and maybe yours as well, is accepting that there's no end point. There's no point where I'm going to produce something in my life, tie a little bow around it. It will stay like that forever and never change. That's not real. Life continues on. Hearts continue to beat. Lungs continue to inflate with air. Life goes on. Some of our creations will continue. Some of them will adjust. Some of them will die. If we think about all the different things that God has created in this life, some of them were a real swing and a miss, right? Like mosquitoes, snakes, at least that's my perception on it. And yet God continues to create. So what I'm saying to you is not everything that you do has to be wildly successful, Not everything that you do has to even be achieved as you saw it in your mind. Not everything you dream has to become, has to come into fruition. What if the journey of our life is a perpetual growth journey? What if this guy at this lunch was 100% right, that we never actually arrive somewhere, that we're always on this ever-changing process where God is exposing more of ourselves and we are learning to surrender deeper to him and coming into a greater unity with him where we are more fully known and we know him more fully? What if that is the arrival point? But it's so nebulous. It's so fast moving it's so elusive you can't grab your hand around it so how do you know if you're even there well I'm still trying to figure that one out myself but what I know to be true is that when I want to have something to show for my life when I want to be able to say this was my contribution when I want to be able to say look at this dream that we had and it was fulfilled exactly as I had it a lot of that has to do with me comforting my soul in the places where I don't feel loved or significant or heard. Those childhood woundings that never really go away, right? They can be healed. They can be brought into the light. They can be adjusted. But deep inside of you, there's still an imprint there. What if some of our need to arrive, to fulfill, to achieve is rooted in this need very very deeply deeply personal in our childhood. And so if we get rid of this idea that there is no arrival, there's no point that we are deemed quote mature and we're not going to struggle anymore. We're not going to wrestle, we're not going to need to to get in the trenches of our faith and sort things out, then we give in to the process of perpetual growth and we allow the dreams of God to come because we know it's okay if some of them die. It's okay if some of them don't get fulfilled in the way that we want. I don't know if this is intriguing to you. For me, this is such a fascinating self-discovery. What if my tunnel vision was actually hindering my ability to co-create with God? What if my tunnel vision of being so hyper-focused on what I thought God had said is hindering my ability to connect with him in the way that he wants to grow me in this season? See, as we grow in the Lord, we do become more more mature. We do settle certain issues, different sin issues and things like that. We settle those, right? They're not enticing to us. As we mature in God, we don't need to control people. We don't need to give in to temptation, sexual temptation. A lot of us don't even really experience sexual temptation as we continue to surrender and give ourselves to the Lord. I'm not saying we're immune. I'm just saying it doesn't have—it doesn't— it's like drinking poison. You know it's not going to sit well, so you don't do it. So, some of those things, yes, we quote, arrive in that. But in this way where we feel like we understand God, that's not going to happen. Look at the life of Moses. Decade after decade, one of the people who was the closest to God still doesn't fully understand him. It's interesting. Why would I or why would you ever assume that we would arrive in a place where we are mature and we don't need to engage with God in the deepest places of our heart? In our mind, I don't think we would even acknowledge that that's what's happening. But I think deep down inside, I think that's a part of it, right? Lord, sometimes you confuse me and I would like to arrive at a place where I'm not confused by you anymore. (laughs) Lord, sometimes I don't understand you sometimes you don't do what I want and I would like to arrive at a place where I understand you enough to where I don't have to feel that disappointment anymore. What if what God is actually looking for is perpetual growth, a deepening longing, a greater capacity to host and house his presence, a quicker surrender, a heart that beats more in tune with his a greater love, What if this is what God is going for and our process of dreaming and creating with God is a process of exposing those areas in our life so that we can experience more of him? I don't believe there is an arrival here on this earth. I don't believe there's a point where we get to where things get easier. And I'm learning to be okay with that. And I hope you will be too. Until next time, be blessed.